Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dungeons and Gatherers podcast. Today is a very special episode because this is the first one shot that we're doing on the Dungeons and Gatherers podcast. We're playing the game. We're doing it as we've been teasing for the past couple episodes. Candlekeep came out, so we are finally going to be playing Candlekeep Mysteries. We are doing Shemshime's bedtime rhyme, but we haven't told you who the players are yet. We've been leaving it as a secret. So it is now time to officially announce the players in this game. I would first like to introduce Rachel Barkalo. Rachel, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing really well. I'm excited, nervous, you know, all the good things. Rachel, can you tell us a little bit about who you're playing today? Yes, I am playing Gwyneth Moonstone. She is a tall, willowy human divination wizard. And a little fun fact about Gwyneth she is a discredited academic because her university didn't believe in what she was studying, so she left before they could expel her themselves. Wow. <laughs> that, that That is something. Oh, she is, Josh. She is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I'm going to have to wait and find out how much of a something she is. But the next person that I want to introduce is my lovely co-host. My lovely... My co-host. next person. I was my... <laughs> My, my lovely, lovely co-ho. co-ho. <laughs> I would like to introduce my lovely co-ho or co-host, Aaron Thompson. Aaron, how are you doing? Hello. I'm so happy to be here. I hope you all remember me. Um, <clears throat> I will be playing uh, Jin, a monk of the Cobalt Soul, who is roughly inspired by uh, the Kaminoans from Attack of the Clones. Sadly, uh, no Master Sifo-Dyas in this campaign. I apologize now to Star Wars fans. We just couldn't work it into the module. Don't ask me how the clone project is going. You already know it's going exceedingly well. (laughs) Perfect. We got Star Wars into our podcast finally. Mm. It's been a dream of ours for a while. (laughs) Next up, I got Elisa Hoover here. What's up, Elisa? Oh, Josh. <laughs> I am playing... I can't even say it without laughing. It's so absurd. Uh, I'm playing Quackadilly Blip, or just Dilly Blip for short. Uh, I am a human illusion wizard. This is serious, guys. I'm being serious right now. I am an illusion wizard, and unlike my new friend Gwyneth, um, I just can't stay out of the university. I keep going back for more and more degrees. I can't stay away. I think I'm up to 17 degrees, and so I'm in crippling debt because I have no way to pay for all of this education. But my two most recent degrees were in auctioneering and classical draconic. Yes, because I want to be able to do like draconic chants, you know, to tie in with some of my musical degrees. I thought you were going to do like draconic auctioneering. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because they have vast hordes of treasure. I imagine when the estate gets separated, the auctioneer is really the mouth. If I ever have to role play that, I might just explode. (laughs) Working for a dragon, though, you want to make sure you don't get fired. Boom! The first pun. Trial by fire. Well, I hope those degrees come in handy, and I would like to hear at least one draconic song before the night is over. And lastly, I want to introduce Ryan Nagelsmith. Ryan, what's up? Not too much. How are you doing? Feeling really good. I am really pumped to do this module. I've been reading it a lot, so it's going to be fun. But tell us what character you're bringing to this module. So I'm playing Shady Wind. He goes by Wind for short. And he is a Tabaxi Gloomstalker Ranger. And little fun fact, I guess. he He's playing a black Tabaxi, so it would be like kind of a panther. Um, and... For panthers, they're pretty much called the ghost in the woods a lot of times. So it's a 
cool little like nickname. That's cool. That gave me a little chill, like almost the ghost is here in the recording session with me. It's really exciting to play with all of you for this module. And if we are all ready to do it, let's jump on in. Let's go. Let's hit it. All right. All of you have come to the area where the Candlekeep Library is for a reason of some sort related to the immense wealth of knowledge that exists there. The House of Rest is a common place for people to stay. However, the amount of room in the House of Rest itself, they have an influx of guests currently. So the four of you will be staying in the Firefly Cellar, which can be both exciting and non-exciting at the same time. Non-exciting, it's not the best accommodations, but you get to be within a part of the library itself. So to be so close to the knowledge is a joy. You are all pushed into an area where you find a latch before you. You open up the latch and enter the Firefly Cellar. Let's do the same orders we did before. Describe what your character looks like a little bit, Rachel. So Gwyneth has golden brown skin, dark honey blonde, very long wavy hair, butterscotch eyes, and perpetually looks like she's been dusted in gold. She wears a yellow dress and she has daffodils and white chrysanthemums dotting her hair. Which, fun fact, stand for truth and hope for the future. I wonder what the future has in store. Uh, Jin? Jin is um, a very tall figure, um, very slight angular features, a long neck, but like a regularly sized neck for a person. It's just like, you know, it's not a Camino neck, right? We're not going to get it out of our heads now. It's stuck there. No, it's fine. <laughs> they have very pale, light, teal, blue slash green skin and very large um shiny black eyes it's like the full like including like the sclera and stuff it's just like a big black ball and um their hair is neatly pulled up into like um a tight silver slash white bun and they wear of course the the blue and silver robes of the cobalt soul with the most notable feature is the very large sleeves hmm. so i'm doing the classic like you put the sleeves together and you hide your arms thing okay varus big lord varus vibes big lord varus vibes and uh quackadilly or dilly can you describe your character <laughs> yes uh dilly blip kind of just looks like a human dust moat so i've spent so much time in books that i'm just becoming one so she's only 27 but she definitely could maybe also look like she's 85 kind of like the oh, scientist no. from back to the future you know where it's like could be 27 could be 87 it's ambiguous <laughs> um so she's got like uh, blonde or gray hair. It's very light. Gray eyes, super pale skin. And she's only 5'3", so just like a little mite of a person. Lisa, I know I asked before about the Draconic Shout. I just need you to say Great Scott at one point during <laughs> this campaign. That's all I need to fulfill the Emmett Brown vibes that you just gave me. That's all I need. I can do that for you. Don't need the song, just the Great Scott. Okay. And uh, <laughs> Wind... Can you tell us what uh, your tabaxi looks like? Yeah, so Wind has black fur and yellow eyes. Uh, he has a scar going from his right shoulder to the middle of his neck, and he's also missing the tip of his left ear. Uh, he's wearing a brown leather vest, and he's got some leather bracers on, a leather quiver, and a sheath for his so short sword. Uh, all these have detailed carvings of prayers on them. And then he has a, it's all concealed up by a dark green traveling coat with a long bow strapped to his back. Very nice. 
The circular room contains curved dark wood bookcases packed with books of assorted shapes, sizes, and ages. Flowers and ceramic pots line the tops of the shelves, giving the area sweet fragrance. Alcoves are spaced at regular intervals around the parameter of the room. Four of them contain polished bronze statues of bespectacled scholars, and three hold overstuffed chairs. In the center of the room, a brass railing surrounds an overlook that gives a view of the lower levels of the stacks. Hanging from the ceiling above the opening in the floor is an enormous stone sculpture of an open book that looks as though the cover is flapping to keep it aloft. A spiral staircase to the east leads down. The occasional errant firefly flits about. When you arrive to the top floor, you see an elderly elf precariously balancing on a ladder while arranging a few of the flower pots on top of one of the bookcases. Uh, she looks engrossed in her work. Ed Edber, are you back? And uh, from a corner, you hear a voice. I never left, grumbling from below. And she, she looks about and says, Oh, visitors, I'm Scribe Varnier. Sorry for the state of things. As you see, the restoration project is a work in progress. <laughs> I'll be with you shortly. Actually, would you mind bringing that stack of books downstairs to Edber? I'll, I'll meet you there. It would be my pleasure. Jin will walk over and scoop the books up and then like put them back in the sleeve. I'm just holding them, but they're in the sleeve. I have impeccable posture, by the way. Like, weirdly good posture. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I I will see you soon. I will look at the books I'm carrying. All right, then. Uh, you know, just because we're playing D&D, want to give me a, a little bit of a roll here? Just give me an investigation check. Or no, perception as you look at the covers. First roll of the game is a 15, so that's a 21 as I gaze across their covers. 21? These books are very dusty. You can tell that they're old in quality. Um, Most of them are written in common. Nothing terribly exciting you see. You see one about agriculture in Trident people and uh, a study on different kinds of genasi. You see a book about flowers and other plants. And you also see a book about clerics and different religions that they might follow within the Forgotten Realms. Lovely. Excuse me, do you need help carrying those? I'm quite capable of carrying these books. Would you like to carry them though? I can help. And she grabs one. <laughs> All right, I'll probably give you the flower book, just like looking at you. I think you might find this to your liking. Thank you. Would anybody else like to carry a book? Oh, I could certainly help carry a book. Uh, were you basing the book that you handed her off of her personality? Because I think it would be fascinating to see what kind of book you would assign to me, seeing as I have a very number of interests. So I'm just curious to see what you might give me. Okay, hit me. I'm gonna give uh, Dilly the Triton Agriculture book. Oh, thank you so much. You know, I did take one semester of bakery science, so I think that this could tie in really well with those studies just to see how those implement with the Trident people and how they might be uh, using these techniques to do any sort of baking uh, for their families. I don't know if they can bake. They live underwater. Oh, I hadn't considered that. That might prove a bit of a challenge, but I bet with the proper technology, we could make it happen. You just need some kind of sealing agent. I'm going to walk away. <laughs> <laughs> 
think Gwyneth is kind of gonna look back, um, follow <laughs> Jin, a little, you know, glazed in the face, but very curious looking at uh, this very vocal Dilly. I'm like nose deep in the book, like halfway through, nose deep, inhaling the dusty fumes. Just a nice sniff oh, to get that good book sniff. smell. Uh, you, your nose would be quite satisfied as you begin to head downstairs to the second floor. Um, the musty smell of old books hangs in the air here. Rings of bookcases dominate the space with a heavy granite table occupying the room's center. The table would be a circle, but for six semicircular gaps cut into it around the edges, creating spaces for six chairs. Small stacks of books rest on the table along with a candle holder, which contains firefly-filled jars. You notice as you're walking around, a lot of the light that emanates from here, since there are no windows, are from these little jars of fireflies. Firefly cellar? Maybe. <laughs> well, fascinating. I bet that's because if there were actual flames in here, that would prove to be a hazard to all of these priceless books. So of course they're going to use animals with natural lighting that wouldn't pose a threat to these priceless volumes. Wouldn't you agree? Dilly, as you say that, you notice there's a figure covered in ink on his, in his hands and clothes and has uh, very few black streaks in his gray hair. And he turns around and says, Keep your voice down, please. I just put my daughter to bed. So sorry. I respect the work that you're doing, both as a parent and as a scholar, so I will keep it down. Very good. <sighs> Visitors. As he grumbles to himself, based on the way he grumbles, that voice you recognize as Ebder. Here are the books that you requested, Ebder. He begins to pinch the top of his nose and sighs and says, Ah. <sighs> That pile of musty books will have better use with Ketula. You will find her downstairs. Of course. And I will turn, I will pivot, just, you know, seamlessly, and begin to head down the stairs again. Ebder, I just want to let you know, you should be careful. In about five minutes, your shoe's going to be untied. Uh, alright, I don't subscribe to magic. Uh, why do you say that? I would just trust me on this one. Can you make a persuasion check for me? <laughs> sure. That would be a six. He then turns back to his work and says, oh, visitors, gosh. That's what they all say. <laughs> this is why I don't wear shoes with laces. They come untied far too often. I just have like pointy toed boots. Definitely picturing some Velcro shoes, but pointy toed boots are okay too. <laughs> I have Crocs on. <laughs> And they're the exact same shade as your skin. Yeah, exactly. As you go down the stairs to the bottom floor, it's cold here. A, a low barrel vaulted ceiling prouds the already narrow passage and light from a firefly lamp that hangs on a hook in the wall is inadequate to illuminate the entire space. Um, as you continue down the claustrophobic hall, you notice, um, if you want to look on your map as well, uh, on the bottom floor, if we're looking at the rooms on top half and bottom half, it is the second room to the right on the bottom. You come through a kitchen beforehand, very immaculate kitchen, and the smell of bacon is actually in the air, which is... I'm a vegetarian. Very, very turned off by the smell of bacon. You continue to head into... I would, I would just indifferent, you know, just so... Whelmed. <laughs> I completely understand that. You uh, you head into Catula's room. A room is furnished with a bed, a wash basin, and a writing desk. And you actually, can I get a perception check from everyone in the party? 
natural 20. <gasps> First of the game. It's the best night of my life. 14. I got a 15. I got a 24. All right, so I would say for a fact, anyone who got above a 10, this is pretty easy to see. You see the tabaxi sitting at her desk. She is uh, frantically working around, talking to herself, and you see that there is a small clockwork oyster by her. Every, every time she writes something down or flips through a book, she kind of taps the oyster. Uh, you notice it's a very comforting thing for her, and then she goes back to reading and writing things down. We were instructed to bring you some books from the upstairs floors. Oh! Who are all you? Visitors, apparently. You brought me books? Yeah, lots of them. Ah, oh, thank you so much. You have no idea what this means to me. You see, I've only been in the Firefly Cellar for six days, but it is quite amazing how much knowledge they have stored up in here. I mean, look at all these dusty books. Many people would toss them aside, but there's a little piece of knowledge that is so important to everyone's research. Never forget. Uh-huh. You know, for me, there is so much that I can possibly learn here. I mean, my research, uh, it has been painstaking to collect it all, but the pride and joy of being able to look through all these books and coming together with such a concise, well, not terribly concise, I... You want to talk about your research, don't you? Well, I mean, if you wanted to hear about it, I don't want to push it on a bunch of visitors. I mean, you just did me a big favor by collecting all these books, and I know that it could get a little boring sometimes if I talk too much about my research. Well, I would love to hear about your research. Well, the first part of it is I have been studying the curious case of the... Well, uh, how familiar are you guys with uh, Genasi culture? I am one. Sorry, my uh, the, the eye, my eyes from the uh, the firefly light might be a little dim and I couldn't see you there. I, I apologize. It is all right. Uh, mostly fire genasi is what I've been reading about here. That is not me. Ah, well, I guess that is the case. I, I'm Catula, by the way. I feel as though I should ask all of your names for you helping me bring these books. Gwyneth. Hello, I'm Jin. Hi, I'm Dilly Blip. My name is Wind. Oh my god, I didn't even see you there. Another tabaxi! Somehow I didn't expect your voice to sound like that from the way you look. Well, that's just... I mean, you're just guessing stuff at that point. It is my mistake. I apologize. It is very dangerous to judge a tabaxi, my friend. You never know what could happen. We could jump at you with our claws and say, ha! You know what I mean? Unexpecting, come around, ha! It would be unwise of you to do that. Well, I wouldn't do that. You you all seem very nice, so I would not want to jump at you with my claws and say, ha! <laughs> And I didn't mean to scare. I just, this place is so overwhelming. No, right? There are so many books. And I couldn't help but notice that you have a very interesting oyster on your desk there. Is there a practical purpose for the oyster? You're kind of using it like a castanet. So are you using it to keep track of time or keep track of pages or something like that? It's just a comfort for me. That is all. I can understand that. Sometimes routine things can be very comforting. Can I do an insight check on the oyster? What are you trying to gather from the oyster, if I may ask? Is it really just a comfort or is it like, so I guess I'm actually saying like, do I believe Insight on, on her. Or does she have a secret? Yeah. I see what you're saying. Okay, then yes, I, I will accept uh, insight. All right, that is a 21. I stare unblinkingly. Very unsettling. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> especially with those big Camino eyes. Water Genasi eyes. You could you could see right through her, even with her fast talking. It's it is just a comfort. Gotcha. Okay. It is a nice oyster. It is. I I like oysters because I uh I I am a, a druid and I study druidic stuff and that's why I think it's important to study different planes of genasis and other things to understand uh, all the different elements that could go in with uh, druidic studies. Mm-hmm. I came here to research some of the ethereal planes. I keep seeing glowing people, and I'm tired of them ignoring me. Oh. Uh, is it some kind of a, uh, a, a ancestor that is trying to talk to you? Or, or something else like that? I don't know. That's why I'm here. Well, 
I wish I could help with that, but I, I have not sadly read a book on that yet. What about the fire, Janassi? Are you studying? Oh, just their their connection to the, uh, the, the, the raw element of flame within themselves and kind of the ways they harnessed it and such. Hmm. As a water, Janassi, could you tell me something about your affinity with the uh, water element? It simply is. I don't know what there is to say about it. I know it the same way that a bird knows how to sing. Well, thank you. If, if you don't mind, I, I might... Not waking still. <laughs> I might uh, quote you, Jin, in my writings to, as a as a study, uh, someone of a genasi that I actually talk to. So long as I am properly cited, it seems to be in order. Very good. After about an hour of kind of just hanging out there, talking to um the tabaxi, uh, Varnier, the old elf, will uh, find you guys and say... Oh, I'm I'm terribly sorry. Uh, it's it's been an exhausting day's work, and I feel bad not uh, talking to all of you. Uh, perhaps it could wait till the morning. Uh, allow me to offer you two rooms that you could stay in, and then at the the break of dawn we could speak. Maybe not the break, but the room sounds wonderful. She begins to lead and uh, show the two rooms. I can tell you for. Uh, your purposes, which ones they are, so you have an idea of what you're looking at the map. Uh, if we're looking at the top row, it is the second to the right, so it's the one right to the right of the very big room. And then on the bottom, it's the third one to the right. The map kind of looks like a turtle. Do y'all see that? It kind of looks like a <gasps> turtle with a twig on it. It does look turtly. Turtle. And I'm assuming these rooms are both like equal in accommodation. Yes, they, they're both um, avowed quarter rooms. Uh, one has two beds positioned on opposite walls. Both beds are made. But the blanket on one of them is just a bit rumpled up. And then the other one, a beautiful painting of Candlekeep, is on the south wall, and it looms over the five beds that crowd this room. A narrow shelf tucked into the northeast corner holds a jar of fruit preserves and pickled vegetables. Those are the two rooms. I would like to take the room with the painting and the preserves. I'm quite hungry. Really picky. I just want to make sure that I have enough energy tomorrow to continue pursuing our studies. Although I am a little concerned. Did it seem like one of those beds had a previous owner? Has, have these rooms been properly cleaned? Wasn't one of the sheets that kind of rumpled up? Well, dust from the library sometimes carries over. You must have very large dust. Yes. Shall I do another insight check? They're monster dust bunnies, guys. Yeah, like these dust mites, damn. That will be the dirtiest of 20s. Oh, very, very fitting. She's really warm and friendly, and it clearly just slipped her mind to have the beds made, and she felt really bad. She's lying to us out of hospitality. And then I will walk into my other room. <laughs> Ooh. Irrit irritates me a little bit, but that is, that's fine. Oh, my bad, my bad. Don't feel bad. It has been a trying day. I smile, question mark? <laughs> no one's really sure. So where should we meet in the morning? Just the floor right up there. At that point, um, she steps aside and a, a Kenku with a long black raven beak and a purple cloak follows her with a tray of food. And she, uh, the, the Kenku uh, begins offering the tray of food to the, the party of you. Well, thank you. I could definitely eat eat so what's there though just basic food or are we like picking off of this there was definitely um that bacon from before a couple slices of bread um a couple things of pickles and a little bit of a dried apple going for the pickles 
Give me them pickles. I think Gwyneth is going to grab the dried apple and go to the room with the door open and say, Tabaxi, you've already decided to room with me, so why don't you come on in? And I'm going to grab the bacon and go. Thank you. So I guess I'm having bread. <laughs> is that all that's left? Grab some of the bacon. I would say that. <laughs> okay. Give me all your eggs and bacon. I believe you heard me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it is just very important to have a strong source of protein as you pursue a rigorous activity like studying new material. Strong source of activity. The bird offers the food towards you. Thank you very much. So I'm going to take some of the bacon and probably some bread. Because not all carbohydrates are bad. Okay. Then I'm going to head towards the room with the like bunk beds, the multiple beds. Where are we going, friend? They don't specify if they're bunk beds, so I kind of want to make them bunk beds. Bunk beds. <laughs> bunk beds. So much room for activities. I'll, I'll take the top because I have the agility to hop up really easily. Humble brag. I just want an acrobatics check. Okay. Just just for the fun of it, when if you can if you could indulge me. <laughs> Yeah, that's a 19 without anything added to it. Wow. It doesn't even look like you jump. You just, like, poof up onto the bed. The, the speed at which you do it is like a teleportation. Gwyneth's mouth drops open. Guess she didn't see that coming. You know what? I see the future. I have a very hard time with the present. <laughs> Good night. See you in the morning. If you wish to look around the library still for a couple of hours, feel free to. Thank you. See you in the morning. Thank you. Good night. And she walks away. I will immediately walk out of the room. I would like to look around. I want to look at some books too. Well, if everyone is going to go, then I would like to go as well. Are you sure you do not require more rest? No. You just seem to talk about it a lot last time. Well, that's true. But I've also heard that it can be good for a person to socialize uh, just to build up certain people skills that some of the faculty seems to think that I'm lacking. So I think this could be an important part of my education. And perhaps I could rest when we are done searching through the bookshelves. You know, you shouldn't always believe what faculty says. But they have degrees. Sometimes a piece of paper doesn't mean much. Um, uh, it's nonsense. <laughs> it's utter nonsense. Um, I will say that uh, when you walk up into the um the second floor, and if you wish to continue to the first, uh, all that you see in the middle is still uh, Ebder uh, huddled over a couple of books. I'll nod quietly at Ebder and keep walking. He kind of just waves a hand and continues. Wink like, see, we're being quiet and not say anything. He, You could hear a mumble to himself again. Dang it. I don't think he likes us. I don't think he likes anyone. Did you discover that through divination or is that just sort of a guess? I would say that was a guess. Isn't that what you do? Sometimes it's just statistical guessing, um, educated guessing. Sometimes it's just... Flat out, I know. I think Jin will regard you sort of curiously, just like as an anomaly. I'm going to look right back at you with those wide, glassy eyes. We just have a moment. <laughs> Lots of eye contact. <laughs> Upsetting. This, the silence is just like crushing. An investigation check from anyone who is searching for something. Would love it. Just to see like, you know, what sections of the library. Yeah, what you're here. looking for. Yeah. I'm looking for those ethereal plane books. Alright, so I got a 12. I got an 11 to scour. Got a 12? Wow, not too high from people. Maybe we should have gone to bed. You know what? It's dark in here. I would just like to say the eyesight is. Fireflies dimming. light the space well enough, damn it. Oh, sorry. That would be a very strong nine. Uh, you're saying, like, oh, maybe we should wait for uh, 
uh, Varnier in the morning. Uh, you know, having a Vout here would be much more helpful looking around. But you do, um, you see a couple of stacks of different books. You're having a hard time. What are people looking for? Like the divination section, because I've never spent much time in the divination college at university. So I'm really interested in what Gwyneth is doing. <laughs> so it's kind of like, is this legit? Should this be my next degree? And or is this a hoax? And should I expose this lady as a fraud? Ouch. So I guess I'm just looking at like books that would be or anything about the local lore of the area because I'm looking for an artifact that's in this town that we're in or in the area that's the library's at. Okay. I'm just trying to find the poetry section. I will say based on the two twelves and uh, the ease of how books are found at these number of roles, I will say that a poetry book is very easy to find and also just a very uh, basic lore book on Candlekeep is also easy to find. This filing system makes no sense. Now answer me this, could you not just like feel where in the library the book is that you're looking for? I would say that's a hard no. I'm like mentally gonna cross out in my list of potential divination skills cannot track objects. And I would say the only reason for that is because I haven't held the book prior. New objects are more difficult. I need some kind of thread. Got it. Lots of caveats. What are you writing? What? I just... Notes? Uh, I just like to take notes on everything um, in case it's important later. Uh-huh. And Gwyneth is going to give Dilly a very knowing look. Like a perfectly <laughs> arched, groomed brow. You all enjoy uh, each other's company as much as you can. And uh, you have a night at the Firefly Cellar. After your first night in the Firefly Cellar, you gather around the table in the center of the collection's main floor. So that table that Ebder was at originally. It's very quiet until, can I have a perception check? Oh no, that was rough. Mama look. Nat one. Yeah, 18. 21. Hmm, 11. Just because of the state that you got the natural one, Gwyneth, the rest of you notice that Gwyneth begins humming a melody under their breath. Very dirgy kind of melody. And strangely enough, you notice that you have the same tune stuck in your head. And you notice that you are also humming the tune as well. Wow, it sounds really great. Whoever wrote this, they must be so talented. A meteor comes out of nowhere and hits Jin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're all like actively humming? Like, do I like know where it's from? Are you looking for like a history check or? Yeah, I'm thinking history. Like, where have I heard this before? This is like get out and we've all been hypnotized. That is a dirty 20. I think Gwyneth is totally oblivious and she's just humming and playing with her hair. Jin, you know that you don't know this melody. I will say Ebder immediately is like, shut up, shut up, shut up, stop, stop, quiet. Sorry. I actually, if you're gonna try to stop, I need a constitution saving throw. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm definitely going to try and stop. I don't want to disturb the research. I got a 14. I got another natural 20. Never in my life have I rolled so well. I got a 2. Oh. I will say that um, Wind and um, uh, Quackadilly, you are able to stop. Jin and Gwyneth, and even you see Ebder 
begin humming the melody as well. He's unaware at first, but then he notices the intoxication is taking over. I apologize, Ebder. It seems I am unable to stop. He looked panicked on his face as well. You hear a sound in the distance, and I'll say that the people who rolled over 14 on their perception check hear this. You, you hear, like, a, a latch click and slam shut, and the sound of several mechanical locks engaging. You then see uh, the uh, the senior-ranking avowed elf run down, and she begins to speak. She says, uh, When I arrived at Candlekeep, the avowed were concerned about a singing madness. A, a book merchant had been afflicted with it and was put in isolation after several avowed began singing the song as well. I don't know what happened to him or the others. That was 600 years ago. I I have alerted the avowed and sealed the exit to stop whatever this is from spreading. I'm sorry, Did you? are you quarantining us in a library? I thought I played D&D to escape quarantine. <laughs> oh, woof. You motherfucker. <laughs> we did this to ourselves. We thought that the hickory dickory trickery mystery was going to be fun. Uh, Catula begins to shout out and say, I cannot, I cannot stay down here. I, 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 I can, I cannot deal with small spaces. And, uh, calm yourself. Ebder also looks as well with Eugene and says, don't worry about it. Just... We're here. Is everyone still singing, bit. like, between sentences? Gwyneth is absolutely still humming and playing with her <laughs> hair. She's barely paying attention. <laughs> uh, Wind and Dilly, you are not singing at the moment, but everyone else is going. And, and Varnir is not. Do people ever stop doing the melody, or does it sort of just keep going? Varnir is very baffled and says, Madness, I, I'm not a spellcaster, so I, I don't really know it. When I heard about it, it happened so many years ago, but um, she looks at all of you and says, You you all cast spells, though, correct? You are all familiar with spellcasting? Loosely. I've been known to cast one or two. I mean, I know some spells, but one can never really be a master of spellcasting. I mean, you can't know all of the spells, but I... That was not the question. I'm pretty the good at it. The question was if you could cast a spell. Oh, okay. Well, then, yes. I still haven't blinked, by the way. It's pretty amazing for those watching at home. Aaron's really getting in the character. I have not seen any really eyes <laughs> Do you need some eye drops? I'm concerned. No, my body naturally produces moisture. What an amazing side effect. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Varnier begins to look and say, ah, well, I, I hate to ask this, but um, I, I'm, I'm worried what this, this madness could mean. And if, if you could try to find the source of this and with your knowledge of perhaps spell casting, uh, figure out where this is emanating from. I don't believe we have a choice if we want to make it out of here alive. I believe that is sadly the truth. We are stuck in here unless you figure it out. Sorry to be so glum. That's okay. Or I think we only have one thing we can do then. Wait, what? Well, I I apologize, but I cannot open that hatch until we solve the problem. Well, what's the problem? There's a hum and a melody of madness spreading through us. Oh my god, is that why I can't stop humming? She's just progressively going to play with her hair faster and faster. You must remain calm. Guys, I think we should grab hands and do a deep 
breathing exercise. Jane extends their hand. Gwyneth is going to grab their hand. My hand is very clammy. Ew. I just like produce moisture. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, I'll grab your hands and I definitely have to like reach up. I'm very tall. Uh, and my hands are like dusty, perpetually dusty. We make mud. Well, I'm not humming anymore, but I'll join the group. Your hands are very soft. How many hands do I have? <laughs> I let go of Dilly's hand so I can grab Wynn's. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Dilly. And then I'll grab your hand again. I just had to know what it felt like. Gwyneth is going to try and make that check to stop humming so she Very can good. lead this group breathing exercise. Should we all roll again? Actually, yeah. I'll ask for a roll from everyone. Yeah, that oh. was a four. Bazinga. It's a, that's a bazinga for me. <laughs> can you edit that out? I really wish I didn't say that. Too late. No, the bazinga stays. Damn it. I've never watched The Big Bang Theory. I don't like it. Zynga. I got a 15, though. I got a 19. I got a 21. Yeah, everyone except for the person leading <laughs> the breathing exercise can suppress the hum. You have the right idea. It's just the execution's a little rocky. It just keeps going. Hum. Hum. <laughs> yeah, the ohms. Maybe I can give this a go because I do have a degree in movement science, which is similar to kind of, you know, yoga, breathing. It was a little bit more focused on interpretive dance, but I bet I could figure this out. So maybe if we just kind of center ourselves to the earth, really plant your feet. Am I doing this right, Gwyneth? You just like plant your toes into the earth and like draw the energy up from the ground. Take a big, deep breath in. Okay, now just let it out. And I think you're supposed to let go of the negativity and also magical sickness. Just let that go. Um, so yeah, breathe in, non-musical thoughts, and breathe out toxic tritones. <laughs> Don't give tritones a bad name. There's gonna be a lot of tritones in this score. Breathe in melody, breathe out dissonance. <laughs> in with the consonants, out with the suspensions. <laughs> As you look around, you see that Ebder is currently in the room. He has been able to suppress his humming. And you notice that uh, Vernier heads downstairs. Ebder? Yes? Did you say you had a daughter here? I do, yes. Where is she? She is uh, downstairs in her room. You know, the bad news is that she's trapped here with us, and it's quite possible none of us will ever leave again. But the good news is at least you're together, so... Um, I don't really know how those two balance out, but... Stop comforting. That's the end of... Okay. Mm -hmm. I appreciate the sentiment. I'm just... <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what I can do. I was I was just working in the uh, scriptatorium, and he points to a door over on the north wall of the um, circular room that you're currently in. Actually, I will say, something has been bothering me, and I've been worried about uh, my daughter, Gailby. The Kenku has been acting strange. Uh, Crinkle is her name. She's been, uh, well, she's been shuffling through that room on the way to and from her supply closet, and I don't know why. Are you suspicious of her? There are only nine of us down here, so I have to start drawing suspicions from one of them. So, I've never really studied epidemiology, but is the idea that we want everyone together to, like, keep tabs on everyone? Or should we, like, go and sit in separate rooms so that we don't interact? I just say find out 
the cause of this, spellcasters? Well, that didn't really answer the question, but I think it would probably be a good idea then to go check out the scripter tutorial. Scriptatorial. Yes. That. You you head towards that door. Um, you open it. All around, fireflies float lazily like embers caught in the air. Three writing desks sit against the north wall with a sheepskin rug beneath each one. On one of the desks rests a book beside a stack of paper, along with a stoppered ink jar and a porcupine quill. Another desk has a leather case on it. A moldering tapestry hangs off-center on the west wall. To the southeast is a wood paneled wall with a closed door set to it. A weak yellow glow emanates from under this door. That door looks really suspicious, doesn't it? Or inviting, depending on the perspective. What's up with this tapestry, though? I know, I want to adjust the tapestry and look behind it if I can. I mean, if you want to do some investigation on the tapestry, feel free to. I totally will. I will also do that. That's a 1910. I figure because I'm so tall, I'm going to like reach above you to like get at the top of it to straighten it out with the both of you working on this you notice that there is something in fact behind the tapestry you notice that scratched in fine words into the stone wall are the lyrics to something allow me to post them in the group don't stop believing (laughs) hold on to that feeling (laughs) hickory dickory dock dock the, the mouse, mouse ran was holding up. a Glock. What? Clock, clock. <laughs> cat, cat. Here is the rhyme that you read in the wall. Oh, wow. Oh. I will start. See a mother scything wheat, forgotten husband sleeping near. With one swing, she took his feet. With another, took his ear. Does the shadow have a name? Shem Shime. Causes grief, avoids the blame. Shem Shime. See a dog that knows how to heal. Never heeds plea, nor command. Mother gave it a tasty meal. Dog chose instead to eat her hand. Does the shadow have a name? Shemshime. Cause grief, avoids the blame. Shemshime. See a son doing his chore, washing clothes for folk in town. Fell into the river's roar, sank to the bottom and drowned. Does the shadow have a name? Shemshime. Causes grief, avoids the blame. Shemshine. Yeah, that's a royal bummer, I must say. It is quite disheartening. I'm sad. I like it. I do like how it subverts the reader's expectations. Shemshine. Like, it only happens in three of the stanzas. It seems like if you're going to use made-up words, you should carry that throughout so that it's consistent for the entire poem. While you guys are... Uh, contemplating the poem, I kind of want to investigate this, the box on the desk. And there's also that moldy leather journal. Yes, that and the door with the glowing presence underneath it. Uh, I got a 12. The only thing to notice on the desks is a leather case of uh, calligrapher's supplies and an ancient tome that's worn away over time. And you can also see next to the calligraphy supplies a bunch of books that are being repaired. So, like, one could infer that whoever was using these calligraphy supplies was, like, repairing these books with them. Yes. May I take a look at the moldy old journal? Of the moldy old journal? Moldy oldy journal. Moldy oldy joldy. Moldy oldy journal. Give me an investigation check. 17. You see that this tome doesn't seem to have 
anything to do with what is happening in your situation right now. All that it seems to describe is old buildings that existed in Kingdoms of the Forgotten Realms. Okay, she's gonna shut it. A little bit of dust is gonna plume up into her face and she's just... <coughs> you should cover your mouth. If this is an airborne virus, we've really got to make sure we're eliminating germ spread. <laughs> I guess we could look at the door. Anybody else want to look through the door? Do it. Let's, yeah, let's go through the door. Well, upon a closer inspection of the door, you see that there is a padlock on it. Oh, man. A breakable padlock? You can try to break it. Doesn't look like the greatest padlock in the world. Yeah, but I have a zero to strength, so... You could just try to attack it. Yeah, can I hit it with the butt of my sword? Yeah, totally. So it would be 13. You're actually going to miss it. You try to hit it, but it's it's quite a small lock, and your sword misses as you try to butt it down. Can I try and whack it with my quarter staff? Yeah, sure. Make an attack roll. Oh, nope. That was a nine. Yeah, you're, you don't do much of a job. You hit more of the bottom of the door. Trying to hit the lock, your your staff ends up being a little heavy on the top, and you hit the bottom. I would like to like put my ear up to the door and see if I hear anything through it. Yeah, sure. Give me a perception check. Or is there, like, a keyhole I can gaze through? Actually, you know, since there is glowing from underneath the door, you can take a look from underneath if you want. It doesn't matter. I got an 11. Yeah, I mean, it is the the yellow faint glow. You assume that it might be fireflies in there, uh, since the light is very reminiscent of other uh, fireflies within the place. May I try and pick the lock? Yeah, totally. Can you give me a uh, dexterity check on that? Or sleight of hand, sorry. Sleight of hand, you're picking a lock. Give me sleight of hand. In an inexplicable twist of fate, that was a dirty 20. Wow, uh, how do you, as a wizard, Gwyneth, pick this lock? She just pulls out one of her darts and just needles it as one would a bobby pin. Very masterfully, honestly. Uh, most rogues would have a hard time opening a lock with a dart. This is a very amazing act to watch, one that takes quite a bit of intelligence to figure out how a dart fits in a lock. You open the door. And then she's going to toss her hair over her shoulder and look back. Oh, I'm taking notes, Dilly. (laughs) I am impressed. (laughs) Gwyneth knows. You open up the door. The small room is awash in the glow of thousands of fireflies. The luminescent insects flit around inside more than a dozen glass terrariums that fill shelves along the walls. A steady plinking noise results from their bouncing off the glass. Shallow wooden boxes are packed on the lowest of shelves. Packed with what? Pretty. That's a good question. I will take perception checks for the room or investigation checks for specific things. I want to check out these boxes. Yeah, the boxes. I got a natural 20 perception. 24. 16 for investigating the boxes. I got a 21. Look at us. I'm going to give the following. Um, for th- With everyone who got above a 12 on the perception check, you notice in the middle of the floor, um, scratched into the floorboards in manic script, the words read, finish the rhyme, just scrawled out across the floor. Anyone who got above a 20 or a 20 on the perception check, I'm actually going to give you something else. You begin to look through the boxes when with Quackadilly, but you immediately realize there's nothing of importance. Um, Just small, measly things for uh, hoarding fireflies into terrariums. You assume that this is a job of somebody to care for fireflies in this room. You notice that there is a loose stone in the floor that lies beneath one of the shelves on the east wall. Think we should take this out? 
find out what's going on. Moving the stone aside exposes a pile of bones in a nook five feet across and five yeah. feet deep. I would like an investigation check from you, Wynn. Nat 20. Ooh. Oh, nice. Wynn, the explorer, <laughs> investigating the bones, you see two humanoid bodies. Uh, you see one of the skulls of them has a hole in the back of it. Well, it looks like one of these guys met their end by by some kind of stab wound. This is pretty wild. You guys see these? Gwyneth is going to come up behind you and gently place her hand on your shoulder and go, you have a beautiful inquisitive spirit. Thank you. <laughs> Can I get a perception check from the entire party? Oh, sweet lady luck smiles upon me. 14. 22. I will say that this is quite loud and based on where you are in the room, you will be able to hear this. From the room that you were in originally with Ebder, you hear a loud scream. The shrill tears through the firefly cellar, overpowering all other noises of the humming and the fireflies uh, buzzing around you. Oh no, I'm gonna start running back to the main room. I'm running back. As I enter the room though, can I stealth? Yeah, sure, give me a stealth trick. At 20 again, what? dude, oh, what is going on? Win, champion. <laughs> what is happening? I don't know. I'm really enjoying these green dye tonight, though. Let's give it up for the green dye. Oh, yeah. Green dye here today. Well, I only got a 10, so my sleeves are bustling in the breeze as I speed walk. These stealth checks will be noted. As you enter into the room, you see Ebder's eyes are bulging in terror. He, The scream has begun to subside, and he is just now humming this melody, you notice that he's completely paralyzed in his chair. I'm gonna go and tap him on the shoulder and say, sir, sir, can you hear me? And I'm checking to see if he will respond when I'm tapping and shouting in his face. When you're tapping him, he is cold to the touch. Okay, I'm gonna do two things. First, I'm gonna check to see if the scene is safe. I'm gonna survey the room to see if there's an immediate threat to me or to Ed Ebder. All right, uh, give me a perception check. I also wish to be being perceptive. Is that allowed? Um, yes, you can. 13. 15. All right, then. Um, I will say that you don't see any danger in the room. However, from the downstairs staircase, you see a young girl begin to run up the staircase, followed by the Kenku. Um, she wears a yellow hood, and you notice that her, her two front teeth are missing, and she looks over uh, frantically at the man who's paralyzed and says, Father? Father, what is wrong? Gwyneth standing by the entrance, I think is going to read the distress of this little girl and gently intercept her so she can't get too close to this paralyzed gentleman. Uh, but she's going to, you know, hang on to her hand and just kind of introduce herself and say, my name is Gwyneth. Your dad's okay? Something weird is just happening right now, and it's probably best if you stay here with me. Does that sound all right? To comfort her, I require a persuasion check from you. That would be a 17. Her panicked breathing begins to stop. She's like, okay, okay. Yes. Who, who are you? We're visitors here, and we are here to help. Just help him. That's all. It's, it's, it's very scary now. I know. The future can be very frightening. You, luckily enough, um, Quackadilly being by, um, Ebder, you notice that he begins to stop singing. However, you notice that the library becomes much colder, frigid in this library. The, the, the warm light of the fireflies still is dimly lit by the 
room that you are in is just now very cold and uncomfortable. Can I, I want to check, you said he's sitting in a chair? Yeah. I want to check to see if anything has poked him in the back of the head. All right, very good. Can you roll a attempted to... Nah, this is investigation. This is investigation. Are you hoping for a medicine check? I was thinking, but like, it's like seeing if something poked you is not a medical condition. Poke can be technical, but it doesn't matter because I got a natural 20. Ooh! I will say that based on a natural 20 investigation, it doesn't seem like physical means has touched him. Something magical has definitely occurred. Some presence is swarming around or swarmed through his head. Can I do an arcana check? Just like to see any like traces of magic. I know that's like a real spell people have, so I don't know if this is allowed. I mean, I will allow you to roll an arcana check for your understanding of what is happening. That's a 19. Based on what you can assume, this is definitely a real curse that's going on here. What you've heard of curses. You can't tell much about it. It seems very old and foreign. What was Katul doing? She's a druid. She could have summoned some kind of thing. As Ebdar begins to come back in the consciousness, I I don't entirely know if she would be of help. Is is, is my daughter okay over there? I'm I'm fine. Are you are you okay, father? I'm fine. Come come here. Come here. She she uh, runs to him and they they both embrace. Investigate for family resemblance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do an insight check for paternity. Oh no. I do require now another perception check from the party. It's a 16. Eight. Okay, 17. Dirty 20. If you were above a 10, you now hear a noise from the room that you were in with all the Firefly Terraniums. No. You don't hear a melody with just a hum. You hear words associated. I think Gwyneth kind of enters into this weird sort of drawn to the magic state and just starts turning around and slowly walking back to that room. Don't do that. And I'm gonna go and tap Gwyn Gwyneth on the shoulder and cast protection from good and evil. Very good. You're not doing that again. I know that it's very catchy, but I need you here with us to solve this mystery, okay? But shouldn't we hear what it's saying? Okay, how about this? You can hear what it's saying. I just don't want you to feel what it's saying. You feel me? Enough. Yes, I do that all the time. Are the words the lyrics of the rhyme? Look at the super sleuth over here. You begin to walk in. The tune continues to tug at each of your minds, willing you to intone its sequence of notes. The notes take on the shapes of words. You've never heard these words before, but somehow the lyrics are familiar. You look down at the skull that was there. It begins to open its mouth and sing see a mother scything wheat forgotten husband sleeping near with one swing she took his feet with another took his ear i require a constitution saving throw from all of you to resist now these new intoxicating lyrics to the melody. I got an 18. I got a 5. Anyone who got above a 10 in this case is resisting the urge to sing. However, anyone who got below is not only humming, but is singing the melody now. 
Gwyneth is going to cast Identify onto the skull. She's going to scoop it into her hands and stare into its eyeless socket. The skeleton skull stares back at you as much as a skeleton skull can stare back. You immediately cast magic around the skull and begin to identify it. Uh, The skull is clearly enchanted. You notice it as a very, very ancient skull, one from hundreds of years ago. It has some kind of enchantment on it that is causing it to sing. Shemshime's influence holds over this skull, and you know the source of its singing is powered by something else within the library. Is Shemshim a type of magic, or is that an actual person? Is it a concept or a real human? Based on the magic that is emanating off of the skull, what I can tell you is that it has an undead energy to it. This skull is hundreds of years old. Clearly it's enchanted to sing this rhyme. And there's an undead energy about it. I don't know if you feel it, but if whatever is controlling this connected to the skull seems to be some kind of undead presence and the song is connected to something else in the cellar. Can I like feel for the thread of what that might be to see if it'll like lead me to what the connection is? I require an investigation check matched with an arcana check. 23 for investigation. Girl, yes. And 22 for arcana. You notice that it is very hard to pinpoint it But at the moment, you know that it is not on this floor. You get an intuition from your investigative knowledge and your knowledge of the arcane arts that it is perhaps emanating from somewhere below you. I think to find the connection, we need to go deeper. And I do mean that literally. We need to go a floor below. I think at this point, I'm still singing the song, right? Oh yeah, yeah, me too. I super failed that constitution save, so. So two out of four of you are singing it, correct? Yeah, I'm singing. At this point, point then allow me to roll another dice around you all the fireflies and the lamps are blinking in and out in several second intervals so the rooms become absolutely pitch black and then a light again this goes on for quite a little while super spooky can i check for morse code to see if there's a secret message that is investigation all right i'm 80 percent joking um and that was an 11 investigation you have no clue Will? Will? We were talking about Heathers earlier, and you said I was Winona writer, so I had to give you a little Stranger Things. I'm very happy with that, actually. I think Gwyneth is going to stand up with a skull in hand. I think she's going to keep it, just for right now, and exit the room in search of a door that opens up to the floors below. And almost to herself, she's going to say, I wonder if we have to name it. What do you mean by it? La la la. As you leave the room, you see Catula sprint up the stairs onto the main floor. Her eyes are filled with desperation and fear. She frantically spits out. I cannot, I cannot take this anymore. She bolts towards the stairs to the top floor. You see an exhausted Varnir following behind. The elderly elf falls to the floor and please stop her. She knows not what she does. She is going to break the lock. Will the curse spread into the world of the Forgotten Realms? Will our adventurers be able to brace the horrors within the Firefly Cellar? Well, I guess you'll have to wait till later this week when we release the conclusion of Shemshime's Bedtime Rhyme.